Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Ash Wednesday, February 22nd. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and our producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us coast to coast across America here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. On Wednesdays, I always take a moment to remind you to pray to St. Joseph, the husband of our blessed Mother Mary and the foster father of Jesus. He is a powerful intercessor. Go to Joseph on this Ash Wednesday as we can ask him for the grace of a holy and blessed Lent. Now, even though it's Ash Wednesday, if you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, it's still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Father Rocky, a while back, explained to me how the Lenten Lessons on the Mass actually developed. It occurred to me one morning, my Lenten sacrifice that year would be to write a little lesson on the Mass each day for Lent, and I'd post it on my Facebook page. Then several years later, Damian Schmidt, who's in our digital department, he said, Father, what do you think about sending those Lenten lessons of the Mass out to some of our audience by email? And now it's much more than just a written text and a picture. We've produced some high-definition videos, and they're free to you. And when it comes to the Mass, you get out of it what you put into it. So the Mass isn't like going to a movie where we need to be entertained. We have to come there with preparation and sacrifice. And uh, that's the whole idea of these Lenten lessons on the Mass. And so get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before with our very own Father Rocky. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. And again, it is still not too late. Uh, you can do it this morning. I want to bring in Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, uh, snow, snow, and more snow is the big story making headlines uh, this morning uh, here this hour on this Ash Wednesday. Yeah, across much of the country, if you were looking to make shoveling snow part of your Lenten penance, well, you're all set for today. Areas of snow right now from northern Utah through Wyoming, South Dakota, Nebraska, southern Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, into Pennsylvania and New York as well. South of that, some thunderstorm activity in a, in a in an arc from Dallas up through north of St. Louis over to Washington, D.C. A lot of precipitation across the country and a lot of snow in the northern climates. Uh, could be one of the top five snowfalls for the uh, Twin Cities area as well, expecting nearly 20 inches of uh, snow in parts of Minnesota by the time this is through uh, late tomorrow afternoon. That is a lot of snow, my friend. And I know we're talking about uh, an area that's used to snow, but th this is this that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you really uh, you know feel for those who have to work in this, uh, wait for public transportation, or just try and get around in their cars before everything gets plowed. It's uh, it's fun to look at, fun to play in as a kid, fun to play in as an adult, but uh, some serious challenges out there too. School days uh, for the children. Yeah, most uh, in the, the Twin Cities area will be off today and tomorrow, or at least doing the distance learning, which maybe isn't a, a full day of school, but uh, we don't get pure snow days that often anymore, thanks to COVID and the ability to do a little bit of stuff over the computer anymore. 
Uh, Meanwhile, as we've been talking about here this morning, uh, today is Ash Wednesday. Lent has finally arrived after much anticipation. Um, What are you guys doing? What are the plans? Well, you know, hesitate to sound like, oh, I'm doing this. But on the other hand, it's pretty good accountability to tell the nation what you're planning on doing for Lent, I guess, right? <laughs> so uh, I know for penance, going to kind of eliminate the between-meal snacking, you know, with kind of a weird schedule so early in the day. Sometimes that, that happens, sometimes for fun, sometimes for necessity, but to put the limits on that. Uh, for, for prayer, what I'd like to do, uh, adding that uh, as part of uh, penance and, and prayer and almsgiving for prayer. I've tried this the last few Lents, and it doesn't work perfectly, but Every hour, just to throw up a quick prayer of thanks to the Lord for something big, small, or, or medium-sized in life uh, that I'm looking at, enjoying, or thinking about. And that's kind of a cool way to increase prayer during Lent. And for almsgiving, uh, uh, nothing official through a program, but we're helping out a family that had uh, lost the dad and the family a few years ago. And then the mom and son were in a terrible accident just a few weeks back. And so uh, one of the ways we're trying to do that and uh, trying to make Lent more than, you know, maybe just uh, giving up a certain, a certain food item. Well, Len sounds like Len's trying, you're trying to take a page out of uh, Dr. Seuss's book and make sure that your heart grows three sizes. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> uh, man, are you I, calling me the Grinch? I, I did not say that, but <laughs> there are things that, you know, we're trying to take out of our life and trying to put good things in replacing of them. I'm trying to get rid of some of that whining that I've gotten to a bad habit of doing and kind of replace that with maybe having some gratitude. That's a good idea, Glenn. I was just thinking, I, I don't have the memory to remember once an hour. So maybe once or twice a day. Maybe uh, at meal times I can just, uh, I'll remember, okay, there's food involved, so now I should think of something grateful. I have to scale that down a bit. Uh, maybe def- maybe every time I change a diaper, I could think of something gr- I'm grateful for, because that's not always something that you're <laughs> excited about doing. So those are some good ideas. Glenn, I got to commend you. Uh, prayer of Thanksgiving every hour. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It, it reminds me of, of Father Rocky, who says... He said it so many times, the more you pray, the better things go. So uh, I anticipate that things will go well for you this Lent, uh, Glenn. No, we hope so, for uh, for one and all. For sure. Uh, real quick, um, I'm going to uh, once again give up uh, sweets, uh, chocolate and ice cream especially, because the Lord knows that that is absolutely my weakness. Uh, but I also want to add a few things. I'm going to be uh, reading uh, chapter by chapter of the Gospel of Matthew and John here uh, during Lent, and uh, obviously going to daily Mass and trying to pray the family rosary with the family, with Father Rocky, every single night. We don't want to miss it, and uh, I know he's got a, a really special edition tonight down at Ave Maria University, uh, Father Rocky. It's going to be fantastic. And so uh, I always encourage the folks every day, pray the rosary with Father Rocky. That family that prays together stays together, as Father Peyton used to say back in the day, and Father Rocky has continued uh, saying it today. Well, John, it's good, good, very good of you not to keep hoarding the family rosary just to yourself and allowing your family to join <laughs> in. That's good. We appreciate that. I'm sure they'll excited. That's a, it's very fun to listen to it as a group, so for sure. Definitely do that. That's exactly what my wife says. And uh, and even the family dog, Blaze, is invited. He he hangs out with us Very while we're good. playing the rosary. All right. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn and Zara. Hey, sure thing, John. We uh, start every hour always in prayer, uh, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings, remembering and keeping in mind that every day is a blessing. Every day is a gift. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, a patroness of the unborn and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit this morning and every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. You can send us email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. And our number, if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888-914-9149. Now, even though uh, today is Ash Wednesday, we know that Catholics love to party and celebrate, uh, this, especially the Italians in Rome, as we hear from Ashley every week. They always find a way to celebrate. Uh, but all of us love to celebrate, and the Irish know how to celebrate, especially on feast days like St. Patrick's Day, which is right around the corner coming up on March 17th. That's right. You're listening to some good Irish Celtic music. Uh, the music you're listening to is from Scythian, an Irish Celtic Catholic band founded by the brothers Alexander and Dan Federica, who are first-generation sons of Ukrainian immigrants. Joining us live this morning is Dan Federica, an ex-seminarian. He's played for a U.S. president. He's closed out on the main stage at World Youth Day. Uh, He's done a lot. Dan also founded his own award-winning mainstream roots festival that features Catholic mass said by the bishop. Good morning, Dan. Welcome back to Morning Air. Thanks so much for joining us on this Ash Wednesday. It's great to be with you once again. Yeah, great, uh, great being here. Well, happy Ash Wednesday to you, if I can say that. Happy Ash Wednesday to you as as well. Dan, uh, I love uh, your music. Uh, in fact, we had you on the show back in December uh, with your Christmas Out at Sea album, and now uh, we, we got you back as we get ready uh, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day uh, right around the corner. Uh, you know, the Catholics uh, all over the world, uh, you know, love St. Patrick, and so uh, we, we want to talk a, a little bit uh, about um, your efforts here uh, in commemoration of St. Patrick's Day. But for people who don't know uh, much about uh, your background, can you uh, share us just a, a, a couple of highlights going back to your uh, early days uh, when you were in a seminary? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so my band, Scythian, uh, was founded by my brother, Alexander, and myself. We are two of ten children, uh, and we all grew up playing classical music, but then we uh, kind of picked uh, discovered and fell in love with the Irish tradition. My brother is a fiddler, uh, and I play accordion and guitar. Um, it initially started uh, when my brother and I were both discerning the priesthood in seminary uh, just after college. Uh, we were uh, going to, to the Dominican House of Studies, but we ran out of uh, gas money. So I, I got the idea of going uh, to Old Town Alexandria and street performing for gas money and then when people asked what we did, we just t- we would tell them that we were seminarians. It ended up being a very nice form of ministry, but it also uh, gave us the money to get to school and back. And we both eventually discerned out. I discerned out first, and then my brother after me. And uh, we just kind of kept on playing on the streets because we loved it. And then we eventually, you know, started. Uh, we got asked to put some parties, then 
some shows, and then eventually we started playing festivals, and it's been 18 years, over 2,500 shows. And as you mentioned, you know, we closed out the main stage at World Youth Day in Sydney, Australia, played for the president in the Capitol on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's been an amazing whirlwind of a, of a career here, and it all started because uh, we kind of put everything on the table to God. And he, uh, I guess you could say we kind of found our uh, vocation or avocation in seminary. So this is where uh, Scythian started. Well, Dan, uh, there's no doubt that you've been doing some amazing work for a long time, 18 years, 2,500 shows. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what goes into and what a, a Scythian show is like? Um. You know, we started out, uh, like I mentioned, playing classical music. And my mom, she was a concert pianist uh, that graduated from Juilliard. So early on, we learned what it took to um, put on a a Juilliard-level show. Uh, We used to play at nursing homes, but we would have five-hour rehearsals for the nursing home shows. And my mom always said, you know, you owe it um, because each person is a reflection of God and the soul is basically irrepeatable. If one person shows up to your show, you owe it to give them 110 percent. Um, and that was, has always been our philosophy. Um, so that's and that's been the most common comment is I cannot believe the energy that you put out. There's only like 50 people in the crowd today or there's 10,000. Uh, but my mom always t- taught us that whether it's 10,000 or 50, you owe, you know, owe it to God and to that person to, to do your best. And um, so that's kind of one of the things that you'll notice about Scythian is that we're very dynamic. And because we started out on the streets, um, we learned to really engage the audience. Because when you're on the streets, a person doesn't want to listen to you. They're going from point A to point B. And it's only your show uh, that will capture your attention. And only when you capture their attention in the heart is uh, will they be open to your music. So our shows tend to be very crowd interactive. Um, and, it's, and we actually move around a lot. We realize that this is kind of an ADD generation because of smartphones. And, and just, you know, uh, the human mind is typically can only focus for like three and a half minutes. So we'll be playing an Irish song one minute, and then the next minute we're playing a Ukrainian one. And then, you know, we'll play a Zydeco one. And, um, and so people are going to come, and if they love Irish music, they're going to love our interpretation of it. Um, it's Ukrainian brothers playing Irish music, but if you don't like Irish music, you should come along to see us because most likely there's going to be something that we play that's going to really appeal to you because uh, we're kind of that's the way we are. We're kind of an ADD band ourselves. Well, Dan, uh, I love Irish music. Uh, I'm Colombian, and this Colombian uh, loves Irish music, and uh, I especially uh, love uh, your music and and your style. I want to just share a, a little bit uh, from um, one of your songs from Scythian, uh, The Motherland. One time for the motherland, two times for all of our friends, four times for the gypsy band. A wonderful, wonderful uh, tune, and uh, as part of uh, the upcoming St. Patrick's Day festivities, you're going to be playing in uh, Chicago coming up on on March 5th. Tell us uh, about uh, this uh, event that's coming up. Uh, We're very excited. We're going to be playing at the Athename Center for Thought and Culture. Um, It used to be a Redemptorist uh, performance hall way back in the day, and recently it's been completely restored and, and renovated. And um, 
and it still has the the Catholic uh, ethos of, of bringing the true, the good, and the beautiful to the world. And so, you know, the Hillbilly Thomas, uh, I think they kind of inaugurated the concerts there. And um, we're going to be playing with another buddy of ours uh, that we met. Uh, he was a seminarian as well, and then we met when he discerned out. Um, and now he started this amazing school called Riverside in Chicago, and he has a bill called uh, a band called the Great Whiskey Project. And so he's going to be opening for us. Um, another amazing musician uh, with a, just you know a great heart for evangelization. Um, it's a, he, Pete Serby is going to be opening, and then we're going to uh, headline. And God and the Holy Spirit arranged it that we're going to be playing in Chicago on a Sunday in Lent. So that means you can come out, have a drink, and dance, uh, uh, and not have to worry about breaking any fast. And the, there'll be some uh, Irish dancing, I understand, uh, as well, uh, on a Sunday, which is a uh, feast day, uh, d- even during Lent. Yeah, so uh, we um, Trinity Irish Dance, is their, their headquarters is at the Athenaeum Center. And they're the premier Irish dance academy in the, in the States. And so they're going to be joining us on stage. Uh, and so it's going to be all out extravaganza. It's um, the launch of our um, Anchors Away tour. So we are revealing our, um, our, um, our theme for the year. And we're going to have brand new merchandise with new artwork. Um, and we're going to be you know, playing songs that maybe people haven't heard before. And so that's going to be at the Athenaeum. And that is, uh, you know, located um, just on North Southport Avenue. It's in downtown. Um, and it's uh, doors open at 530 and the show begins at 6 p.m. And uh, if you're feeling fancy, they actually have balcony queen seats. So you can bring a powdered wig and come and watch us in style. And it'll be a, a great way uh, to get uh, in the spirit of uh, St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland. Yeah, so if you want to check out our music, we're on Spotify, um, or you can go to our website, com. And if you want to support um, uh, Ukraine, uh, if you scroll down the homepage, we partnered with the Knights of Columbus, where all the proceeds of all 16 of our uh, albums, the digital downloads, go to help Ukrainians make it through the winter, uh, if you want to help out there. So um, we hope to, you can make it to the Athenaeum, and also we're playing all over the country, and we're finishing our March tour at Ava Maria University. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. In fact, uh, Father Rocky is at Ave Maria University as we speak. The Family Rosary Across America will be airing live uh, from Ave Maria uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, uh, it's a small Catholic world. Well, uh, Dan, we, we wish you many, many blessings. You're obviously uh, touching many hearts and entertaining them and engaging them uh, in your travels across the country. Well, we feel like, like we're called to do it, and we feel very blessed to be, to be doing it for this long. So thanks for having me on your show. And Father Rocky, come and say hey when you see us uh, on March 25th at Ave Maria. All right. Uh, Dan, thank you so much uh, for, for being with us. Uh, many blessings uh, with uh, your uh, new tour uh, here this year. Anchors Away is uh, the name of the tour, and uh, all, all the best to you. Thank you so much. God bless.
God bless you too. Uh, Dan Federica, the co-founder of Scythian. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Our personal success coach, Dave Duran, will be with us to tell us about the benefits of a daily examination of conscience, especially for leaders. So stay with us. There's much more to come in the final half hour of this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Don't give up the fight It's a cold hard night But the sun will rise in the morning You gotta brush Brush off the Wake up America It's morning air With John Morales, Sarah Tafoya And Glenn Leverett Bringing the light of Christ to start your day On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app and welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Ash Wednesday morning as Lent has finally arrived. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Luke 9.23. Jesus the Lord says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. The season of Lent, of course, begins today with the liturgy of Ash Wednesday. Ashes are placed on our foreheads as an outward sign of our repentance. Our blessed Lord asks us to die to ourselves and to deny our very selves in imitation of him, of Jesus, who died on the cross for all of us, for our salvation. As St. John the Baptist reminds us, we must decrease so that Jesus can increase in our lives. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that uh, Drew Mariani prays every afternoon during the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. Now I want to talk about the the benefits of an examination of conscience. In fact, I pulled out uh, my very detailed examination of conscience. uh, That's a a great tool uh, before you go to the confession or uh, even before you go to bed at night. uh, It's an opportunity to reflect on the things that we did right, uh, the things that we did wrong, and the things that we can improve uh, and do better tomorrow. Our uh, next guest came up with a daily examination of conscience for leaders. That's right. If you're a leader, listen up. You've come to the right place no matter what type of organization you lead. Joining us live from Fort Myers, Florida, is our longtime Morning Air contributor and personal success coach, Dave Duran, who's going to share some of the benefits of a daily examination of conscience, especially for leaders. Dave Duran is an author, speaker, and executive coach. He's the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media and a founder of Lighthouse Catholic Media and DE Media. You can follow Dave on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Good morning, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Happy Ash Wednesday. Yes, happy Ash Wednesday. Great to be with you, John. Well, Dave, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you've been in business for a long, long time. Uh, You've been in your leadership ministry uh, for an eternity. Why is it important for uh, leaders specifically to do a daily examination of conscience? Well, by the way, first of all, you hit it right when you're just talking about the actual regular examination of conscience to go to confession or even in the evening uh, in reflecting upon our day in preparation for when we go to confession or when we are going to make changes in 
in our own life. So that's the most important one. The one that says, hey, am I sinning and uh, am I not sinning? Are there sins of omission? Are there things that could have done better? That's, that's actually the best one. But you can pare that down into a simpler form and ask yourself as a leader, what is my examination of conscience? Now, I would say that these things aren't necessarily always a, a matter of like, is this sinful or not? But um, it's not, in some ways it could be, but it's more or less, you know, what am I, what am I actually doing here as a leader? And I want to examine that because, you know, too much, uh, a, a person is given, you know, much is expected. And when you're in leadership, you're, you know, you're out there in a, in a really big way now, uh, where other people are in your care. And so it's important to examine your conscience about how effective you are. Dave, um, you know, talking about leadership re- reminds me of, of a former Major League Baseball manager, Mike Sosha, who used to say, uh, if you want to be a leader, the first person you must lead is yourself. So that's very much in keeping with uh, leading yourself, you know, doing this, uh, this uh, checkup from the neck up, this examination of conscience. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the first thing we have to ask ourselves if we're a leader is, am I effective? Now, by the way, I put each one of these in the, you know, the the question of am I, uh, but then I also say, was I today? Because, you know, sometimes we're overall effective, but today we weren't so much. And, or sometimes we were effective today, but overall we haven't been. And then that puts us more on track for where we need to be. So the question is, am I effective? And I just kind of leave it there. Um, And and, and then a person can kind of generally ask themselves that question about the leadership role they have. But then they're going to dive into further details to test that first question to see whether or not the answer of yes is actually accurate or if no is too hard on yourself. But am I effective? Am I doing the thing that I'm supposed to do as a leader? Am I making traction? Am I getting things done as a leader? Uh, Being a leader is not being just a figurehead, uh, a presider. There's a lot of people who preside over organizations, but they don't lead them. And it's much more important to think about think about it from a leadership perspective. That's why that word effective matters so much. Am I, am I just here to get the glory of being in charge? Or am I actually affecting something really? The reality is, is that, it, you know, how effective one is uh, can be subjective. Uh, how, how do you measure whether one is being effective or not? Well, actually, that's a great question. In leadership, there is a mild aspect of subjectivity. There's no doubt about it, but there's an actual objectivity. So, for example, uh, using the sports analogy, if your team hasn't won a game and didn't win a game all year, it doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter whether or not you, you know, helped pick out better uniforms and everybody likes you. You're not effective. And you can say you're effective all day long, but that's, you can't measure effectiveness with a losing record. And the reason I like that baseball example is because, you know, there might be the season where the the coach is taking over a team and they need to rebuild them and they kind of have an expectation that the year might be a little bit more difficult while you're assembling the team that you need to assemble. I mean, that's a real thing that can happen. Um, But in, you know, in reality, you're effective then because you can still see changes there. You know, you're seeing certain statistics move in other directions because you made these changes. If you're claiming that you're reassembling the team, but there's no statistical changes anywhere, it's probably not true again. And in pretty much all things we do in leadership, you can measure them. If you're leading a a company and the company's profits are tanking and its revenues are going backwards, 
uh, again, it's very hard to argue that you're effective, uh, no matter even if people like you again and, and you feel important. So people have a tendency in immature leadership to believe that their popularity equals effectiveness, and it's just not true. Dave, it's interesting uh, that you're asking the question, am I effective? But you're doing it on a day-by-day basis. Every day is different. One day you can have a winning day. Another day can be a disaster. So it's just like in sports. Uh, Every game is different. Uh, Every inning is different. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And depending on the role that we have, it's easier to hide behind. And I keep using this word of likability or popularity. It's easy to hide behind these things. In politics, it's very easy. Oh, I was voted in, and you know I'm able to mislead this massive group of people who don't know any better or are self-deceived themselves, and they all shower my praises. Yet what I'm doing is destroying everything around me. That's one of the things we have to be careful about. We have to say, what is the mechanism that I am in? And does it does it perpetuate my own deceit? Does it perpetuate my own pride? Or am I in an environment where it's in my face, like an NFL coach, where I'm either effective or I'm not, and nobody can deny it, and it's going to be in the paper every Monday morning? This is an interesting thing. We have to. That's why this personal examination of conscience is way more important than just the feel-good aspect people are giving you. All it's right, kind of like the emperor's new clothes. Sure, you you can't rely on only the polls uh, because you may be uh, exactly. uh, totally uh, totally off. What's the second question uh, of this daily examination of conscience for leaders? Am I kind but strong? You could have said, "Am I kind?" and then a second one, "Am I strong?" But am I kind but strong? Was I today? This is important, and the reason for it is because. Um, there's a time to fight when you're a leader. I mean, there is. I mean, there are times where you, you know, it's a, it's depending on the role that you're in, obviously, and to what degree, but it's an unpleasant thing to sometimes be around a leader who is raising people to higher standards because they are being very conviction-oriented and may have a lot of fiery passion. And again, this is the type of thing that can be overdrawn and overblown and destroy organizations. But then there are times where it's absolutely necessary. But we should always be as kind as we possibly can while we're being strong. And on most days, even for, and I'm going back to the NFL because, you know, everybody can see it. If you're an NFL coach, there's a time to be fiery and everybody understands that. But the majority of the week, you don't see the, the NFL coach running around screaming at players or, you know, angry about a call or anything like that. That's, that happens during game time. But, you know, most of the time, they're building a relationship with their players. They have kindness about them, or the players don't want to play for them. And each person is a little bit different, clearly, and they've had a different route to this. But but that's an important thing to keep in mind, is that there's there's um, uh, the idea that, that kindness is actually very important in leading. Because kindness basically says, you're a person and you're important. And no matter what my strength of convictions are and the strength that I have to move the organization in the right place, I'm going to treat you like a person while I'm doing that. Well, Dave, uh, obviously in this day and age, uh, you, you know, you can't uh, you know, go berserk uh, on the sidelines or in business like maybe generations ago. Where we used to see coaches grabbing guys by the helmet and getting right up in their face. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and those are the types of things that that's not really called for anyway. That's, that's kind of a lower way to lead. Um, you know, they'll still have some fiery passion, 
but you, you have to, you know, it's a very interesting thing. When people make it personal, a fiery passion personal against somebody, people remember it and the people around them remember it and in the teammates see it. But if the fiery passion is for the purpose and it's behind the team, people love the passion. And that's a very important thing to keep in mind. All right, let's talk about uh, the next question for leaders to ask themselves uh, during an examination of conscience. Am I current on knowledge and skill? And did that show up today? So in A today is a B tomorrow. You've heard me say that before. You know, if you're in first or second grade and you're writing and you're getting a, a, an A, well, if you write the exact same way or spell the same way in, in third grade, it's going to be a B and by fourth grade, a C or a D. And by fifth grade, you're failing altogether. So we have to remember as leaders, okay, if I'm a, a, a three-year leader of an organization that I started and it's three years old now and it went from being, you know, having five employees doing a million in revenue to now having 30 employees and doing 30 million in revenue, did I grow along with that? Or am I capped off at the early stages and now the momentum is going to be a wave over me that takes me over? You need to get ahead of yourself. And I'm using dollars here and size of organization, again, as a metaphor for other things, but... I need to prepare myself now to run a $100 million organization that's got a 1,000 people in it. And if I'm behind all the time, then I can't pull my organization or lead my organization to where I need to take them. I'm instead going to be catching up constantly. Well, it's no doubt that uh, that you need to be uh, up on, uh, on on the latest uh, uh, in technology. You need to know what's going on in your industry. It all goes back to, to being prepared. If you're going to be a leader, you need to, to do your homework. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. This is the this is one of these things that's essential that people can easily get distracted about and to basically feel like you know if they're. Uh, in the leadership role, they're automatically now the smartest person and everybody else to do, has to do all of the work of learning and, and growing. But really, in reality, you have to do that yourself. And, um, and it doesn't mean, again, that you have to be the, most, uh, the, the smartest person in the room on every topic. Great leaders surround themselves with all sorts of experts who have areas of understanding that they themselves don't have. But you need to at least have enough to engage in a conversation to know what direction to point everyone. Well, Dave, I know that you uh, are big on virtue and uh, virtue in, in business, virtue in, in leadership. Uh, let's talk about uh, the fourth question that leaders should ask themselves in an examination of conscience. Yeah, the fourth one, John, is super important. Am I honest and fair? Um, and, you know, it's an interesting thing. They, they are separate but very similar. To be honest, obviously, to tell the truth, to have the foundation of all of your relationship and communication be on honesty. Uh, but fairness is more of an acting out of honesty, right? Um, it, is, it is based on what is honestly happening here. What actions do I take to compensate people or to give them certain freedoms or to restrict those freedoms according to the level of responsibility that they have demonstrated? Uh, and these are really essential things to do. Are they compensated according to the work that they're doing? Is it fair according to what other people are doing? Is it fair according to the industry and where their, their life is right now? Is there a justice in the workload that they're doing according to the reward and responsibility and recognition that they have for that sort of thing? And then, did I do that today? So people a lot of times will say, well, you know, I am that way. Uh, but today, if they weren't and they give them an excuse, they say, well, I and you, you, I know you have, because I've been, and many people have been around people 
who will literally do something that is not good and they'll say, that's not me. Now, I understand the saying. The saying would be like, if you normally drive very slowly and cautiously according to things, but this one day you happen to be in a huge hurry for something and you drove a little bit more aggressively and you got a ticket and you go, well, that's not me. Yeah, that's understandable. But um, you can't say that wasn't me, okay, because it was. And you can't say that you're not you know, capable of that because you were. So what we have to say is, listen, normally that's not my behavior, but given the wrong circumstances, I can misbehave. And so why is that important to say today in addition to, am I that way? Because you might say, well, no, I'm not that way. But wait a second, I actually was today. So be on guard and don't don't self-deceive because it can lend itself to a pattern later on. Now, one thing's for sure, leaders have to make decisions, uh, which leads us to uh, our fifth question in this examination of conscience for leaders. Yeah, do I make good decisions, and did I today? Again, so do I, the overall arching thing, and did I today? Again, a great way to understand patterns. You know, at the end of the day, really... It uh, it appears uh, that uh, we have uh, lost our uh, connection with uh, Dave Duran. I think we're going to take a, a, a quick time out. We're talking about an examination of conscience specifically for leaders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I'm with uh, our team here uh, this morning with uh, Glenn and Sarah on this very first day of uh, the Lenten season on Ash Wednesday. And uh, guys, we have a, a very uh, special event uh, that's happening tonight down at Ave Maria University, uh, Sarah. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be fun. Father Rocky's going to be down there with the crew, and they're going to be doing a rosary live from the campus. I can't wait. Oh, they've been starting to do a little bit more of this where they're doing these live rosaries from different locations, and it's always a different vibe. It's always kind of fun to see and hear what are the intentions of the people who are there live in uh, wherever they're setting up. Sometimes it's in a church or a chapel or a, you know a venue of some sort. So it'll be interesting to hear what the intentions are, what um, some of the people what they're thinking and what they're praying for, especially on a campus. It's a it's a, a beautiful event. It's a it's a great venue. Uh, the the chapel there at Ave Maria. I've been there several times. It is uh, it is beautiful. It's magnificent. So uh, it'll be a, a gorgeous background, literally right uh, across the street uh, from Ave Maria University. So I, I know they're expecting uh, a, a lot of the college students to come over and, and be part uh, of the live rosary with Father Rocky and special guest Bishop Frank DeWayne will also be on hand again. It all starts at seven. P.M. Central. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Time for uh, our listeners um, on the Eastern Time Zone. So, and of course, uh, if you can't make it there in person, you can uh, 
You can watch it right uh, in your own uh, living room, uh, right? Uh, you can stre- stream it on uh, the Relevant Radio app at relevantradio.com, or you can also uh, watch it uh, on YouTube or the Facebook channel. Uh, it is a beautiful thing to see, to to pray the rosary uh, with Father Rocky every night and be able to watch it. Uh, the production that we do here at Relevant Radio, it, it's beautiful, and it's touching a ton of, of hearts across our country. Well, isn't it different to say that you're watching the rosary, not just saying it? That's so different, but it's that's what we've started to do ever since COVID here at uh, Relevant Radio. We've been get, adding that visual element, and it has been bringing us closer together. It kind of started as just a way to kind of bring us together as a Catholic community during COVID when we couldn't go to our churches and we couldn't do it there, but it just kind of grown and blossomed. And it's just beautiful to see how uh, we've been able to do that and how God has blessed this family rosary and, and fa- seeing pictures of all the families all across America to pr- that are praying and are becoming fam- the relevant radio family rosary across America, family members, official members and everything. There's been a great growth in that. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to pray as a family. It's very chaotic, very different to, to watch it than to kind of what's actually going on. I'm sure in individual families, I know it's pretty chaotic in our family when we're trying, if whenever we try to get together to pray the a family rosary, there's usually a Lego or <laughs> a screaming baby or someone, what number are we on? What beat are we on? So it's always very interesting, but that's part of the fun, right? Without a doubt. My, my favorite part is hearing the kids Father Rocky has a special way uh, with kids. He used to be a chaplain of an all-boys uh, prep school, uh, Northridge Prep, where my son goes to school. And so he knows how to deal with with kids of all ages. And you never know uh, when you're going to hear from an 8-year-old uh, calling up, uh, asking for prayers. And you'd love to hear the, those young boys and young girls uh, ask these very beautiful and innocent prayer requests to Father Rocky. Yeah. But Glenn, what's your favorite part? Well, I wanted to ask you, Sarah, uh, one of your camp jobs at Relevant Radio before involvement with the morning show is to help out on the weekend family rosary across America. How did working on the program and hearing the prayer requests from around the country maybe deepen your experience of the rosary in general? Well, that's just, uh, it was a wonderful experience and, you know, kind of time obligations took me away from being able to do that. But it was so nice because it's the way a rosary, it felt for me, this is how a rosary should be, very quiet and... (laughs) Very peaceful and hearing all the intentions and being able to hear all of the many things that people are struggling with all across the United States and going through all those intentions, you know, obviously not all of them could make it. So just being able, some of those were on my heart and they stayed with me um, after, long after we were done praying the rosary, but uh, very peaceful to play, pray with Father. And it's always great to to hear the new people that are doing it. And they're doing a great job, Maggie and uh, Karen. They're picked up the mantle and doing a great job praying with Father for our, all the people all across the country. And uh, Glenn, it'll be interesting tonight to see uh, uh, how many people uh, pray to get through the big storm that's hitting uh, your neck of the woods there in Minnesota. Yeah, a lot of snow expected. Uh, Twin Cities, perhaps a uh, top five winter storm of all time, expecting uh, nearly 20 inches by the time things are done sometime late tomorrow night. But blizzard warnings in effect for the western half of the Twin Cities metro and much of Minnesota and uh, a lot of states in the northern tier of the country expecting a lot of tough winter weather. can be pretty looking out the window, but pretty rough if you have to drive in it, shovel it, get your car unstuck, uh, get to work, or uh, uh, you know make your way around doing a few things. And so prayers for safety through the midst of all all the uh, beautiful nature we're dealing with. Absolutely. And so uh, we uh, get ready for the big night tonight uh, at Ave Maria University with Father Rocky, the family rosary across uh, America. Uh, it's now, as always, uh, time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Quarter. 
Our story today called, If I Were Lost, Would You Look For Me? by Bob Perks. If I were lost, would you look for me? If I cried, would you care enough to ask why? If I were empty, would you fill me up again? If I were stolen, would you report me missing? Foolish questions? Perhaps. They were brought to my attention this morning when my phone rang and I heard the sweet voice of a young lady. Are your dogs missing? She asked. I realized it was my neighbor. My heart began pounding as I hurried through the house taking inventory. I sighed and replied, nope, they're all accounted for. She is a sweet soul, a kind, generous girl with an old-fashioned heart and spirit. She bakes cookies and shares them with neighbors. She waves as she leaves her home and sees her working in the yard. Today, she found two small dogs walking down the street and took them in. They're well-behaved and get along nicely with our own dogs, she said. I suggested places for her to report finding them. Most people wouldn't get involved, I said. I wonder how many cars passed them by this morning and thought nothing of stopping. You did the right thing. Then I went outside to watch for anyone who might be patrolling the area, and I listened to hear the distant cry of someone calling their names, but heard nothing. Then the thought came to me, what does it take for someone to go out of their way like she did? If I was lost, I'd hope someone would come looking. If I were crying alone and longing for a kind, gentle touch, I'd hope that someone would stop and speak to me. If I were empty, running on nothing but the little energy I had left from a battle going on within myself, I'd wish that someone would fill the void with words of kindness, caring, and concern. If I were stolen away by fear and confusion, if I were taken off to a place where darkness reigns and self-pity blinded reality, I would pray that I'd be missed and be rescued. So ask yourself that question today. Would you? Would you take in the dogs? Would you look for a lost friend or even a stranger? Would you offer a kind word? Would you search long enough to find someone you love who was stolen away by fear and doubts? What good is faith without action? James 2.14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. And again, a reminder, in case you haven't heard on this Ash Wednesday, join Father Rocky and the family Rosary Across America on the road tonight, live from the main chapel of Ave Maria University with special guest Bishop Frank DeWayne, 7 p.m. Central. And uh, you can also stream it at RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or on YouTube or our Facebook channel. That'll do it for this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn and Sarah, Gabby, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Thursday on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is next.